Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This discussion is going to be on 2 Nephi chapter 29. One thing I want you to think about is, are there more scriptures to come forth? We already have Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, the Bible, Pearl of Great Price. Is there anything else to come forward? So let's, let's uh, see if there's something written in here. All right, verse 1. Um, behold, but behold, there shall be many at that day when I shall proceed to do a marvelous work among them that I may remember my covenants which I have made unto the children of men, that I may set my hand again the second time to recover my people which are of the house of Israel. This is why he's doing this marvelous work and a wonder. And also that I may remember the promises which I have made unto thee, Nephi, and also unto thy father, that I would remember your seed, and that the words of your seed should proceed forth out of my mouth unto your seed, and my words shall hiss or whistle or give a signal of some kind, something to give one's attention, forth unto the ends of the earth for a standard unto my people which are of the house of Israel. And the standard is to be the Book of Mormon and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We, the members of the church, and particularly the missionaries, have to be hissers or the tellers of te and testifiers of the Book of Mormon unto the ends of the earth. Uh, Elder McConkie said, Many ancient prophecies foretold that in the last days the Lord would set up an ensign to the nations, a standard to which Israel and the righteous of all nations might gather. This ensign is the new and everlasting covenant, the gospel of salvation. It is the great Latter-day Zion. It is the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Verse 3, And because my word shall hiss forth, many of the Gentiles shall say, A Bible, a Bible. We have got a Bible, and there cannot be any more Bible. The argument is, as the Lord suggests, most foolish. It is our modern counterpart to those of Jesus' day who rejected him in the pretense of being loyal to the law of Moses. The irony being that loyalty to the law of Moses demanded acceptance of Jesus as the Christ. The purpose of the law of Moses <coughs> was to teach and testify of Christ. Such is also the purpose of the Book of Mormon, it, belong, it, it being the most Christ-centered book ever written. Yet it is rejected in the name of loyalty to the Bible. The logical extension of such reasoning would be to reject the Gospel of Mark in the name of loyalty to Matthew, or to reject the witness of Peter in the pretense of loyalty to Paul and his teachings. And that's from Doctrinal Commentary in the Book of Mormon. The fundamental error of Bible cultists is the doctrine of Bible infallibility. This tenet holds that the Bible must be completely authoritative and trustworthy in all that it asserts is factual whether in matters of theology, history, or science. The Bible that it is held does not contain error of any kind. It has to be significant that the Bible makes no such claim for itself. There is not a single passage of Scripture that can properly be used to sustain such a view. For if there are if there, for is there any agreement among those maintaining such a position as to what version of the Bible should be read or what the Bible is saying on a host of matters? To claim for the Bible what it does not claim for itself is to misuse the Bible. The Bible does not claim to be the constitution of the church. It does not claim to be infallible, nor does it claim to be the answer in all things. What the Bible does claim is that whenever God has a pe had a people that he acknowledged <clears throat> as his own, he spoke to them 
through living prophets who then added those words to the canon of Scripture. The purpose and spirit of the Bible is to open the heavens, not to seal them. And that's from uh, McConkie and Mellon in Sustaining and Defending the, Bible, the Faith. Verse 4, But thus saith the Lord God, O fools, they shall have a Bible, and it shall proceed forth from the, from the Jews, mine ancient covenant people. And what thank they, the Jews, for the Bible, which they receive from them? Yea, what do the Gentiles mean? Do they remember the travails and the labors and the pains of the Jews and their diligence unto me in bringing forth salvation unto the Gentiles? O ye Gentiles, have ye remembered the Jews, mine ancient covenant people? Nay, but ye have cursed them and have hated them and have not sought to rec recover them. But behold, I will return all these things upon your own heads, for I, I the Lord, have not forgotten my people. Thou, verse 6, Thou fool, thou shalt say, that, say, that shall say, a Bible, we have got a Bible, and we need no more Bible. Have we obtained a Bible, save it were by the Jews? Know ye not that, the, that there are more nations than one? Know ye not that I, the Lord your God, have created all men, and that I remember those who are upon the isles of the sea, and that I rule in the heavens above and in the earth beneath, and I bring forth my word unto the children of men, yea, even upon all? It seems that the gospel has been taught in all nations of the earth. The nations of the earth. B.H. Roberts said, while the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is established for the instruction of men and is one of God's instrumentalities for making known the truth, yet he is not limited to that institution for such purposes, neither in time nor place. God raises up wise men of their own tongue and nationality, speaking to them through means that they can comprehend, not always giving a fullness of truth, such as may be found in the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but always giving that measure of truth that the people are prepared to receive. Mormonism holds then that all the great teachers, those who teach principles of truth and virtue, are servants of God among all nations and in all ages. They are inspired men appointed to instruct God's children according to the conditions in the midst of which he finds them. Wherever God finds a soul sufficiently enlightened and pure, one with whom that his spirit can communicate, lo, he makes, him, makes of him a teacher of men. While the path of sensuality and darkness may be that which most men tread, a few, having been led along the upward path, a few in all countries and generations have been, have been wisdom seekers or seekers of God. They have been so because the divine word of wisdom has looked upon them, choosing them for the knowledge and service of himself. Verse 8, Wherefore murmur ye, because ye shall receive more of my word? Wouldn't every Christian love to hear more of the word of the Lord? Know ye not that the testimony of two nations, meaning Judah and Ephraim, is a witness unto you that I am God, that I remember one nation like unto another? Wherefore I speak the same words unto one nation like unto another. And when the two nations shall run together, the testimony of the two nations shall run together also. Elder Maxwell said, The splendid Book of Mormon advises that a third scriptural witness is yet to come from the lost tribes. We do not know when and how this will occur, but we are safe in assuming that the third book will have the same fundamental focus as the Book of Mormon, that their seed, too, may be brought to a knowledge of, of me, their Redeemer. If there is a title page in that third set of, of sacred records, it is not likely to differ in purpose from the title, book of the book of, title page of the Book of Mormon, except for its focus on still other peoples who likewise received a personal visit from the resurrected Jesus. Also, uh, lost books are among the treasures yet to come forth. Over 20 of these are mentioned in the existing scriptures. Perhaps most startling and voluminous will be the records of the lost tribes of Israel. 
we would not even know of the impending third witness for Christ except through the precious Book of Mormon, the second witness for Christ. This third set of sacred records will thus complete a triad of truth. Then, such as the perfect shepherd has said, my word also shall be gathered in one. There will be one fold in one shepherd in a welding together of all the Christian dispensations of human history. <clears throat> the Lord then showed that there are to be three major written testimonies of Christ to come forth. The Bible of the Jews, the Book of Mormon of the Nephites, and the records of the lost tribes of Israel, which we do not yet have. These three records are to be shared by each group so that each will eventually have the records of the others. And when Israel is gathered, the records will also be gathered. By, the, by these three records, the law of witnesses shall, will be honored and the word of God established. These records do not consist only of single books from each major branch of Israel, just as the Bible is a collection of many books and the Book of Mormon is a collection also. Likewise, the record of the ten lost tribes will probably be a collection of various books. It will tell us when it, when it is received about the Savior's visit to the ten tribes after his appearance to the Nephites. However, since Ephraim was the leading tribe among the lost tribes anciently, Perhaps our present doctrine and covenants should be viewed in perspective as a witness for Jesus Christ among Latter-day Ephraim to be combined someday with the other records of the lost tribes when they come forth. Among the things to be accomplished by the multiple books of Scripture are, one, to give a multiple witness of Christ, two, to show that the Lord does speak the same gospel to one people as to another, and three, to prove that God does honor his covenant that he made with Abraham, promising a, a promising to remember his seed forever. Verse 9, And I do this, that I may prove unto my people that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that I, seek, I speak forth my words according to mine own pleasure. And because that I have spoken one word, ye need not suppose that I cannot speak another. For my work is not yet finished, neither shall it be until the end of man, neither from that time henceforth and forever. Wherefore, because that ye have a Bible, ye need not suppose that it contains all my words, neither need ye suppose that I have not caused more to be written. So we can count on the fact that there will be more scriptures coming forth. We do have those as we consider the general conference talks, the words of apostles and prophets when inspired by the Holy Ghost is also scripture. And so those are additional scriptures that we have. Verse 11, For I command all men, both in the east and in the west, and in the north and in the south, and in the isles, islands of the sea, that they shall write the words which I speak unto them, for out of the books which shall be written I will judge the world, every man according to their works, according to that which is written. So other books are yet to come forth testifying of Christ. Are personal journals also considered scripture, if we testify of Christ? Verse 12, For behold, I shall speak unto the Jews, and they shall write it, and I shall also speak unto the Nephites, and they shall write it, and I shall also speak unto the other tribes of the house of Israel, which I have led away, and they shall write it, and I shall also speak unto all nations of the earth, and they shall write it. So we, ha we have no knowledge of the location or condition of that part of the ten tribes who went into the north country. Esdras, an apocryphal writer, records this version of their escape from Assyria. Those are the ten tribes which are carried away prisoners out of their own land in, in the time of Asiah the king, whom Salmanasar the king of Assyria led away captive, and he carried them over the waters, and so came they into another land. But they took this counsel among themselves that they would leave the multitude of the heathen and go forth into a further country where never mankind dwelt, that they might keep there keep the statutes which they never kept in their own land. 
and they entered into Euphrates by the narrow passage of the river. For the Most High then showed signs for them and held still the flood <clears throat> until they were passed over. For through the country there was a great way to go, namely a year and a half, and the same region is called Arsareth. There, then dwelt they there until the latter times, and now when they shall begin to come, the highest shall say this, stay the stream again that they may go through. And that was from an Apocrypha um, in Second Esdras. <clears throat> so they have a record, or uh, there's a record of, of them going further north after they were led away. <clears throat> and again, we have to be careful with uh, Apocryphal writings because we're not sure what part of them is true and which are not. So be careful with that. All right. <clears throat> uh, the lost tribes are not lost unto the Lord. In their northward journeyings, they were led by prophets and inspired leaders. They had their Moses and their Lehi. They were guided by the spirit of revelation, kept the law of Moses, and carried with them the statutes and judgments which the Lord had given them in age past. They were still a distinct people many hundreds of years later, for the resurrected Lord visited and ministered among them following his ministry on this continent among the Nephites. Obviously, he taught them in the same way and gave them the same truths which he gave his followers in Jerusalem and on the American continent. And obviously, they recorded his teachings, thus creating volumes of scripture comparable to the Bible in Book of Mormon. In due course, the lost tribes of Israel will return and come to the children of Ephraim to receive their blessings. This great gathering will take place under the direction of the President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, for he holds the keys of the gathering of Israel from the four parts of the earth and the leading of the ten tribes from the land of the north. Keys are the right of presidency, the power to direct, and by this power the lost tribes will return with their prophets and their scriptures to be crowned with glory, even in Zion, by the hands of the servants of the Lord, even the children of Ephraim. That was Elder McConkie in Mormon Doctrine. Verse 13, And it shall come to pass that the Jews shall have the words of the Nephites, and the Nephites shall have the words of the Jews, and the Nephites and the Jews shall have the words of the lost tribes of Israel, and the lost tribes of Israel shall have the words of the Nephites and the Jews. The Splendid Book of Mormon advises that a third set of scriptures is yet to come forth. And uh, so we're, we're looking forward to that. Verse 14, And it shall come to pass that my people, which are of the house of Israel, shall be gathered home unto the lands of their possessions. And my word also shall be gathered in one. And I will show unto, the, unto them that fight against my word and against my people, who are of the house of Israel, that I am God, and that I, am coven that I covenanted with Abraham, that I would remember his seed forever. So as part of the gathering of Israel is the coming forth of the Book of Mormon. And those that are spiritually in tune will recognize that the Book of Mormon is the sign that the house of Israel is already begun to be gathered. I bear testimony that these things are true and say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hope you like it. Subscribe.